Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is Bonafide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Over the past few weeks, I've spent a lot of time sitting with what the Bible is. The fact that this collection of books is firmly situated in the story of a people. Firmly situated in the story of the people that I do not belong to. And those people I'm talking about are the Jewish people. And I've challenged myself to be more not only cognizant, but respectful of that truth. So with that in mind, it's important for me to acknowledge the lens through which I read this text. I am what is commonly known as a Christian, one who endeavors to follow Jesus of Nazareth, who I believe is the son of God, God's anointed one. The more common term is the Christ, which in and of itself is a Jewish concept, the concept of the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that God has chosen to restore his beloved covenant people to a place of autonomy and self-governance. That is what is happening in the story of Jesus. At the same time, while I acknowledge that everybody has their own story, I, as a citizen of the earth, appreciate learning from people's stories. I appreciate how the siblinghood of all humankind allows us to learn from each other's story. And so I sit with the story of Jesus in his own Jewish context, and I wrestle with what that means and what that tells us about the God who I believe reigns over all of the heavens and the earth, the universe as we know it. And so that brings me to today's text, a text which I am trying to handle as faithfully as I possibly can with all honor and due respect to our Jewish siblings, with all honor and due respect to the people who hold an affinity to the story in its Christian context, with all honor and due respect to the humanity of everyone involved. With regards to the Christian scriptures of the New Testament, I hold the view that a lot of the stories that we see reveal a plan of God to graft more people into this human family, to tear down some of the walls that have separated us previously. And I think today's passage, this story in John chapter four, a story that is often labeled as a conversation between Jesus and a Samaritan woman, but I believe is about so much more. I believe this is a story about God's endorsement of us coming together over barriers that we could once reliably count on to separate us. So I invite you to join me in partaking of this story. And this week, we do a bona fide Bible talk about John chapter four. We're going to start at the top and work our way down all the way to about verse 42. Now, I need to warn you when I'm dropping you off in this story might seem kind of abrupt. And that's not so much a personal choice as it is how the gospel according to John is written. It doesn't waste a whole lot of time setting up background. Sometimes it's just a little splash and a bam. That's what happened. So buckle up. Let's get it. Jesus knew that folks heard he was making bigger waves than even John the Baptist was. So he recognized that it was getting too hot in Judea and he returned to the hometown. He had to make his way through Samaria to get there. And that wasn't exactly friendly territory for him. Eventually, he gets to this town called Sychar. 
It's near the field that Jacob gave Joseph before he died. Jacob's well was there. And that's where Jesus decided to rest. He was doing a lot of walking. <laughs> he was tired as hell. Soon this Samaritan lady comes down to get water for her crib. Jesus gets her attention. Excuse me. Let me get some of that, please. All his crew had gone downtown to get something to eat. The lady was caught off guard. Jewish people ain't typically rocking with Samaritans like that. So she had to clarify. <clears throat> you Jewish? I'm a Samaritan woman. What you asking me for water for? Jesus replied, If you knew the gift of God, <laughs> if you knew who you was talking to, you might ask better questions. You might even ask me for some water yourself. Water like you ain't never had before. Mister, he ain't got no rope. He ain't got no bucket. You see how deep this well is? How you supposed to get water? And who do you think you are? You better than Jacob? The dude this well is named after? How you talking about you got better water than him and everybody that put on for him? Jesus said, All y'all who drink this water gonna be thirsty again. It ain't gonna keep you hydrated. But the water I'm talking about, a little bit gonna have you straight for life. Like a personal spring that you can count on and build around forever. Shoot, mister. The lady said. I'll take some of that then. I won't have to keep coming out here to lug this water all the way back to the crib. Bet. Go get your husband and we'll set it up. Jesus told her. I ain't got no husband. She replied. Jesus says. You right. You ain't got no husband. You done have five of them. And the dude you shacking with right now, you ain't even married to him. You ain't never lied. Mister. She says. You got to be hearing from God or something. And if that's the case, I got a question. Why y'all Jewish folk always talking about Jerusalem the only place to worship? Because if our ancestors could worship here, then that's good enough for us. Jesus replies. Real talk. Soon enough, it won't even matter. Worship God here. Worship God in Jerusalem. See, you Samaritans don't even know a ton about the God you worship. We Jews know all about him. Because all this talk about being restored as a nation is talking about Judah. But soon enough, shoot, right now if we keeping it a buck, the true worshipers going to have to worship him not just for what they know, but how they live. Because God is looking for people who are going to worship a little differently. God is a living spirit. So people going to have to worship with what they know and with God living inside of them. The lady says, I know God's anointed one is coming. The one they call Christ. And when he comes, he going to have to make it make sense. Jesus replies, I am God's anointed one. At that moment, Jesus' whole crew came back. They didn't know what to do about him talking to this woman. But ain't nobody had the guts to ask him what kind of business he had with her. The woman leaves her water jug by the well. She runs back to the block, telling everybody who listened. Yo, y'all gotta come check this out. I ran into this dude I ain't never met, but he told me all of my business. Y'all think he could be the anointed one? So everybody from the hood comes running down to the well to see him. While the block is on the way, Jesus' clique is trying to get Jesus to eat. Boss, you gotta eat something. Jesus says, I've been living off of something y'all don't know nothing about. His crew is confused as hell. Somebody brought brought food while we was gone or something? Jesus said, you want to know what feeds me? I get full off of doing what God sent me to do. From finishing God's work. Y'all heard that saying, it ain't ripe yet? Well, I say look around. The food is good for the picking. 
the farmhands get paid good wages and the fruit they pick is people who live lives that make life. That's the type of stuff that makes the planner and the worker happy at the same time. You know the saying that somebody else going to get the fruit of the labor? That one's true. I got y'all out here picking what you ain't plant. Other folks already did the work and now you get to see the fruit. Meanwhile, a bunch of Samaritans from the ladies block thought Jesus was the real deal because the woman told them about how he was reading all her mail. They came down to the well and asked him to chill in their hood for a while. So he did, for two whole days. Long enough for a bunch more people to believe that he was the truth. Then they told the lady, Hi, we believe you now. Not just because of what you said, but because we don't hurt him for ourselves. This dude gonna change the world. Alright, couple things. Remember, I started off off top saying that this is a story that is situated in the Jewish community among the Jewish people that Jesus belonged to. Now, I'm saying that because I would like to avoid a tendency that exists in some interpretive methods that lead us towards a worldview and an understanding that is essentially anti-Semitic. So let's look at this text. Let's see what's happening. At the very top, we see that Jesus is leaving one area because he has an issue with some people being very particular there some people not all the people it's not like jesus was like oh man these jews are grinding my gears no he had beef with some people there are some people who identify as christian that i don't see eye to eye with and sometimes we gotta maneuver to make sure that stuff don't get too hot between us so this is not to say that jesus is out on judaism it's not what i'm saying at all but he in order to diffuse a tension that he saw arising needed to leave an area and that led him through another area that didn't look much more promising if we keeping it a buck. So to paint the picture for you, the Jewish people and the people of Samaria, the Samaritans have a very, very long and complicated history, a history that I cannot cover in a podcast that I try to keep around 15 minutes. The long story short is that they were not on the best of terms. The closest analog that I can think of in our non-Jewish American context is Let's say that in the aftermath of the Civil War and Reconstruction, somebody from the North needed to take a journey that would lead them through the South and set up for some interactions between people that both had all sorts of assumptions and prejudices about the other people. Now, let's make that journey on foot. You get tired when you walk in. You get hungry when you walk in. All sorts of things happen. Jesus got to take a quick break. and He stops down. And comes across somebody who is not only a Samaritan, not only somebody who by very nature of their beings and their cultural identities ought to find themselves at odds with each other. It is somebody of the opposite sex. Oh boy, is it about to get weird because Jesus doesn't mind this business in this instance. He strikes up a conversation with this lady. Can you help me? And she has a reaction that I would imagine most women who happen to be traveling alone being accosted or approached by men they do not know would have. She says, not only do I not know you, your people and my people don't rock together like that. Why are you talking to me right now? And he says, yo, if you knew what God is up to, if you knew who I was, because the gospel of John doesn't waste a whole lot of time getting to who they think Jesus is. But he says, if you knew all this, then you might ask me some better questions. And so they go into this back and forth. And this woman tries to measure up. She tries to find out what is this stranger getting at? What does he want from me? And all Jesus wants to communicate is that there is a reality 
beyond what you see right now. And without her sharing any information, he goes on to tell her about her past, that she had been married five different times. We don't know if she had been widowed five times, if she had been left and divorced five times, or if it was a combination of the two. But he says, you've had five husbands. And as a matter of fact, the relationship you in right now obviously ain't working too well because you down here getting water by yourself. So Jesus uses the illustration of this water, this living water, this spring that can be built around this life giving spring to let you know that what you see right now is not all there is. And she's curious enough to share this encounter with the whole village. And the story tells us that while this whole village came to believe in this strange man who told them things that he shouldn't have had any way of knowing that the very disciples, the very crew that walked with him day and night still didn't understand how he operated. So here's what I want us to take away. Just because you walk with Jesus does not mean that you own Jesus. Sometimes you think the people with the least rights to associate with Jesus are the exact people that Jesus is trying to reach. And on two different levels here, because there's ancient history between the Samaritans and the Jews in this territory. And there's the recent history of this woman's personal life. Your history doesn't get to write you a role in God's story. The key question is, how do you react when God introduces God's self to you? Will you cling to who you thought God was or will you let God paint a clearer picture for you? Because the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when what you think you know about God ain't going to be enough. We're going to have to let the spirit of God set the rules. Now, I can't tell you what that means for every situation. But what I can tell you beyond any shadow of a reasonable doubt is that regardless of your past, Regardless of your history, regardless of the stories that you have been told, regardless of the stories that you claim as your own, regardless of what our construct of God looks like, not because of what you've done, not because of what you do, but because of who you are, you are beloved. And that's worth celebrating. Translation is a production of three black men the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at 3BlackMen. That's the number three, not spelled out, black men. You can find me on all social media platforms at PastorTrey05. That's PastorTrey05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. Like, I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time though. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar. <laughs>